The reading this morning is from Job chapter 2, verses 7 to 13, and then Job chapter 8. Thank you. Yes, verses 1 to 10. I hope that gave you a moment to go and find your own version, if that's what you prefer to do. Last week, we were reminded about Job and his three friends. This week, Marky will be helping us look at friend number two, Bildad. In Job chapter one, we learn that Job had suffered huge loss, including his livelihood, his servants, and even his own children had died in a tragedy. This first reading, which we also read last week, sets the scene. Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and afflicted Job with painful sores from the soles of his feet to the crown of his head. Then Job took a piece of broken pottery and scraped himself with it as he sat amongst the ashes. His wife said to him, are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. He replied, you're talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? In all this, Job did not sin in what he said. When Job's three friends, Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Naamathite, heard about all the troubles that had come upon him, they set out from their homes and met together by agreement to go and sympathize with him and comfort him. When they saw him from a distance, they could hardly recognize him. They began to weep aloud and they tore their robes and they sprinkled dust on their heads. And then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights. No one said a word to him because they saw how great his suffering was. The first of Job's friends then broke the silence and spoke to Job. And Job replied, and in his reply, he expressed his anguish and his pain. And then a second friend, Bildad, spoke up. And this reading from chapter eight is just the start of what he said to Job. Then Bildad the Shuhite replied, How long will you say such things? Your words are a blustering wind. Does God pervert justice? Does the Almighty pervert what is right? When your children sinned against him, he gave them over to the penalty of their sin. But if you will seek God earnestly and plead with the Almighty, if you are pure and upright, even now he will rouse himself on your behalf and restore you to your prosperous state. Your beginnings will seem humble, so prosperous will your future be. Ask the former generations and find out what their ancestors learned, for we were born only yesterday and know nothing, and our days on earth are but a shadow. Will they not instruct you and tell you? 
will they not bring forth words from their understanding? We're going to invite Marky to come on screen now before he brings us God's word and Richard will pray for him. So Heavenly Father, we, uh, we ask you to help Marky now as he speaks to us. We pray too for ourselves that we will have soft hearts so that uh, we will be able to hear what you want to say to us uh, through these scriptures and through what Marky says. Please will you make us obedient uh, to what you want to say to us. Uh, and we pray, Father, for your help in uh, understanding what you want to bring to us. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, um, Nicola and Richard, for reading and sharing from God's word and praying for me, actually. I appreciate that. Um, this morning, we are going to uh, be focusing on friend number two, as Richard reminded us. And um, again, I, I've, I've read the book a few times, and um, it's a heavy book, the book of Job. But I'm hoping that through um, our um, engaging with it, we, we're trying to learn things that are suitable for the times that we are going through these difficult days that we're going through as individuals, as um, households, as challenges that we've got with uh, the COVID as a society and all the aftermaths of, uh, of this uh, lockdown and the previous one. So I'm quite aware that there is lots going on um, with, with our lives. Um, I'm also aware that um, God is at work, even though it does not look like that. And I really wanted to, to bring the book of Job in the sense that um, that God is at work with us and although it may not look visible. So if we remember, um, Job um, is part of the wisdom literature of the Old Testament. And um, it's a book that actually um, has got a lot to say about the questions of life, of suffering and evil, and it's not your conventional wisdom book. It's something that is 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 uh, really uh, takes a different angle on it. Job was this guy who was righteous guy before God, and and calamity afflicts him, and God allows that. And Job has got questions. Job has got also friends. And uh, last week we spoke a little bit about Eliphaz and his arrogance, his his um, his take on the whole perspective. Um, I'm going to be sharing a screen with you uh, shortly. But but um, Job Job is is um, is hoping that um, he he's got some comfort and some answers uh, from his friends. And as I said last week, the best thing that Job's friends did was for them to come and sit down with him and say nothing seven days and seven nights. They had nothing to say. And then they all take turns in saying and giving their wisdom and saying stuff that um, it's not helpful and it's, it's, not, it's, it's useless. It's, it's not helpful because it's not true. It's not representative 
of uh, job situations and um, i don't know whether you have found yourself being on the receiving end of um, other people's comments and it imparts um, impartation of of their wisdom or whether you have found yourself being one of those people who have imparted that wisdom and and therefore found uh, different things um after afterwards and it's been has been really uh, showing and today i really this is not about us looking back and feeling guilty or blaming what has happened uh, to us in the past but this is in time for us to be thinking what is it that we can do to comfort and to bless those who are suffering during this time what is it that we can do as i said from last time to be god knowers rather than god talkers during uh this this time uh together um as a church as we go through covid and and what is god saying in all of this um as uh, nicola and richard reminded us that um job had um different engagements with different friends and uh, uh, today as friend number two comes in the scene he 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 wants to make sure that he communicates very clearly with job and i said to you that we will not be uh we will not be um looking at all um um at all the chapters one by one you'd be very pleased to know but we're going to be looking at um each character and give one particular talk uh, to that uh, character. So, Bildad. Bildad comes and uh, it's his turn to, to, to give uh, Job what, what he thinks. And it's very clear that Bildad is not only that he is useless in his comfort, but today I'll be a little bit more harsher with Bildad because reading what has been going on with Job's life and what's going on with his circumstances and reading in retrospect what Bildad has to say, I would say that Bildad was also careless. Um, I think he was careless in confronting his friends in the way that he talked about God to him in the way that he talked to to job about his children that they deserve to die because they sin and he was also um careless in his presentation of of who god is um and and the way that he wanted to to talk about it with with job and we're going to to look at those but um if if we were to to have a look at the, um, let me do my slides here. Um, we said that we are going to divide this in, in four different areas for each of the friends. So um, if we talk about Bildad today and his understanding of God, um, there are things there that he, he thinks that are wisdom. And uh, there are things there that they are said elsewhere in the scripture. But I, I think with Bildad is not, is not only what he says or uh, or how he says it, but also it's important that this misinterpretation of what he knows of God is when he says it. 
and in Job's case is not is not true. In Job's case, it does not match with what Job was going on. So, so the the understanding of God is um, Bildad's understanding of God is well. God would have not done what he did to you if you have not sinned. Bildad, you know very well what you need to do. You need to seek God. You need to repent and to implore God's compassion. And you have to also listen to what I can testify, testify to you about God. So he asks then he asks questions, and poor Joe has to 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 face these questions and to deal to deal with those questions. So yes, um, Job says, "Take take God seriously." Come on, sorry, Bildad says to Job, "Take God seriously. Don't waste time. You can do it now." It's they have sinned, your children have sinned, you have sinned, and therefore God is right and you are wrong. Or you cannot say that you are right, because if you say that you are right, then you are implying that God is wrong. So either of you is wrong in this case, but it will be un usual of God to be wrong and therefore you are to blame even with with that in mind he's saying and actually it would be really unjust of God to bring tragedy to the righteous it's very it's very interesting how careless Bildad is is in his approach to Job He's saying it would be unjust of God to bring tragedy to the righteous. Unjust of God, under whose standards? Under my standard of understanding God? Under Bildad's standard of understanding God? God is God. And, and Job knows that. We will see it later on in the book as well as things develop. But Job knows that and, and he knows that he himself has not done anything wrong. So Bildad asks the question, does God pervert justice? And the, the answer to that is no, no, he doesn't. Of course he doesn't. So, so does, does God deal with evil? Yes, he does. But in the case here is that Job has not done anything evil. He is not a wicked man. And then the other misunderstanding of Bildad, of God, is that actually God is only gracious only to people who are upright. When actually we know from the scriptures that God is merciful and gracious to everybody. And God's grace is not measured whether we suffer or not. And the other thing that is, is a misunderstanding of who God was and what he wanted to do and how, how Bildad portrayed God was that if you repent, 
God will give you now. As if God was this genie in the bottle for Bildart. And he had the button that if, if Job did something, then God would do it. So, so, so although um, most of the statements that Bildad say about God, they are true. The timing and the way that he said them to Job and the, the, the context in which, in which they were said, it is not true. It's not a true representation of, of where God was in relation to Job. God's timing we you know we read it also in the new testament remember the story of martha and mary and their brother lazarus dying and martha runs to jesus and says uh, lord if you'd have come here beforehand our brother would have not died and jesus had to wait for four days before he could go to see lazarus and resurrect him from the dead so it was that waiting game it was that, that waiting game that, that perhaps did not work very well with Martha's and Mary's button that they wanted it. A little bit like Bildad. You do it now. Because God's timing is different and actually is not directed but what we think. So it's not only the understanding of God's justice and God's, you know, God's righteousness upon the people so it's not only our standard in implying that but it's also understanding god's timing and bill that says well history face history lessons this is what has happened yes there's a lot of lessons that we can learn from history but doesn't mean that history has always been right yes their understanding of god's and as I said to you, it was that element of, of subtle misinterpretation, of treating God with our own standards. The understanding of Job's situation, they were not aware at all what was going on in the heavenly realm. And as I said to you, the careless comfort. And in the end of the day, this is a book of Job, and we need to see Job's response. He says, I'm innocent, I'm overwhelmed, I have not done anything wrong to deserve this, and I want to have this interrogation with God. And, and God will come into the scene, he will come into the scene later on. But as I think of Bildad and his view on suffering and his view on the justice uh, of God, in his view on how God treats evil and um, he treats um, the wicked and the righteous and how his grace is abundant for everybody. I'm thinking of Apostle Paul when he writes to uh, 2 Corinthians and the letter to uh, the second letter of Corinthians is a letter when Paul talks about the way that he he has been called by God. And at the same time, uh, he knows that he is he's had a tough time serving God. If you if we read um, the the whole uh, chapter eleven and uh, chapter chapter twelve of um, 
and see about Paul's life, we see here that actually he's really suffered as an apostle. He talks in chapter 11, he says, well, you know, I I received at the hand I was received at the hands of Jews for 40 lashes less one I was beaten with rods I was stoned I was shipwrecked night and day I was adrift at sea frequent journeys in danger from rivers dangers from robbers danger from my own people danger from the gentiles danger in the city danger in the wilderness danger at sea danger from false brothers in toil and hardship sleepless nights hunger thirst often without food, in cold and exposure. And if Bildad was around, he would say, no, Paul, you've done something wrong here. And Paul says, actually, um, I, I've not done anything wrong. But to keep me from uh, verse 7 of chapter uh, 12, it says, uh, to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelation, the one that he received on the road to Damascus. A thorn was given to me in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But the Lord said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I'll boast all more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. If Bildad had a misconception and he had a misinterpretation, of God's grace for Job. I wanted to say to you today that um, I have fallen into that trap myself. And I wanted to share as well that from my heart that actually if you're finding that you are struggling and it's very difficult, I wanted to point you today to God's abundant grace, which is sufficient. It is promised to us from his word that is sufficient so as 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 followers of christ today we want to make the most of this grace even when it doesn't make sense in the midst of COVID, because paul's suffering would have probably been under the same category it was job suffering but god is saying my grace is sufficient to you today and this is where i want to leave you today that as we understand God's grace, as we understand our situation, that we take comfort today in God's word and in God's grace. And if we've got people that they are on our mind that need comforting, that we become those carriers and, and transmitters and conductors of God's grace during these difficult days. Um, I wanted to finish as well by uh, praying for Dush, um, Dusniak, um, I had a text from Karuna this morning saying that Dush has been in hospital since Friday and um, he's got pneumonia, he's taken antibiotics and um, he's being treated and we just want to take this moment to pray for Dush, to 
pray for Karuna and for the boys and bless them as a church uh, family uh, together. So let's take this moment to pray for God's word and to pray for, for Dush and for Karuna. Father God, we thank you that your grace is abundant for us today. We thank you that your loving kindness, Lord, is, is, is tangible today, even though it's so tough, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray that as we try to make sense and as we try to comfort one another, that you would help us and rescue us from our carelessness in the way that we perceive you, in the way that we determine about other people's situations and in the way that we want things to happen, Lord. But thank you that your grace is sufficient for each and every one of us today. And we want to bring Lord Dush in hospital. We want to bring him before your throne of grace. And we pray, Lord, that you are going to touch his body and your healing hands and your restoring hand and your protecting hand will be upon him. We pray, Lord, for all the medics involved there. We pray that you bless them, Lord, with your wisdom and, and you, you help Lord Dush recover quickly, Lord. Lord, we pray, Lord, for Karuna and for the boys. We pray that your peace will be with them and your grace will meet them, Lord, at things that they don't even expect. Lord, would you bless them as a family? Would you bless them and sustain them, Lord, during these difficult days? Lord, we look to you. We look to you for intervention. Lord, have your way, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.